Welcome to the morning meeting. My name is Jimmy. I'm here with Maddie. And today is a little chat with Joe Santagato. And I can tell you what it's going to be about and all that, or we can just go straight to it. Mainly what we talk about on this is like kind of our strategy on YouTube and multiple channels and platforms. And I know you have a lot of thoughts and like uh, have built your, your, your whole empire up by attacking everywhere which is cool i like that but then i i was listening to your interview on uh or your when you were on are you garbage and you said mm-hmm. something that i actually want to start there you said that you were a methodical cheater in high school yeah and i yeah. i couldn't relate to something more and now that like you know the statute of limitations have passed and my my mom is going to be so upset but i was like yeah. i want to trade some cheating stories <laughs> okay did you said on that podcast you said SATs you just copied straight off person to your left? Not ever, not the entire test because I was a good student and I was like a good uh, test taker too. Like I take tests like very quickly too to yeah. the point where like I would bring the the, uh, the test up and the teacher would be like look over it again. I'm like I'm not gonna do that. Um, Sounds but so boring. For the SATs, yeah. The SATs it was like they don't put the person next to you with the same test. So you can't cheat in that way. So, but I was like, I don't know for the, the reading, like comprehension part, you had to read and then answer a bunch of, a bunch of questions. And I was like, I just don't want to do this. Like I'm here for, it was like four hours of test or something yeah, like that. Yeah. I don't even remember, but I found out the girl who was like diagonal from me had the same test. Cause I was just like looking the whole time and whatever. And then I found out she had the same test and I was like, I'm just going to go with this. Like, I don't care. Like, <laughs> I, yeah. I was like, you know what? I hope the rest of the test like goes like, okay, because for these questions where I have to sit here and just read this whole thing, like I'm not doing that. And also back then I had not, I, I think I, at that point had read two books in my entire life. <laughs> I, and like, I was, none uh, of them were for like fun either. Yeah, no. And forced reading is pretty brutal. I, I, uh, yeah. if I liked the class and like I had a genuine interest in it, which I liked English and history growing up, I would mm-hmm. apply myself and be a good student. But if I had no interest, I would just cheat. I would just like my sophomore year biology class, me and the kid in front of me who had a rat tail since birth <laughs> had the same test every single test. Cause he wrote his letters so big. And once I knew yeah. that, like on the first test, I, I knew that. And then I asked around like, does Mr. Becker change his seating pattern? And they're like, no, be the same all year. I'm like, okay, I'm good. I'm set. Perfect. Yeah. I also remember in high school, I had a probability and statistics class, which was like a joke. And like the guy, they had asked me, they're like, do you want to do pre-calc or do you want to do this? And I was like, they're like, you qualify to do pre-calc. I'm like, cool. Cool. I'll take the profits. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I remember the teacher just did not care or ever just get up from his chair. So like there would be times where we had like a pop quiz and it was like 10 questions. And the girl in front of me, I would just literally hand her my test. <laughs> she would just write the answers on it and then hand it back to me. And then I would hand that in. Yeah. Like, I had, and I, that's and like, it got that lazy. In that I had a friend in high school and then I had a friend in college that had the same class as me, but before me, and they just send me pictures of their test. And then I'd write it down on, I'd type out the answers on size four font, print it on a piece of paper and just pull it out, put it on my desk and just copy it. You know, it doesn't make sense to me. Take home tests where it's like, do you think I'm going to take this test and not like look up every part of this? You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, sometimes that you probably actually remember more by doing it that way than trying to, yeah, trying to like blitz memorize something that you're going to forget in two seconds. 
that's the thing too i mean any of the like i for everything i like leave it to the last second especially when it came to school and like essays or whatever i never did anything like ahead of time and with tests i would just the night before just like study as hard as i could but like i'm not retaining anything and yeah. then i take the test and literally as soon as it's done i'm like i have no idea what is that yeah i think i think every test and especially in high school and college should be open book and it should be like can you find the answer and then or interpret it and then and then retell it to me even if it's in front of you that's an actual skill you use in life yeah just blitz like memorizing in your own words does it. yeah yeah retell me this read this and retell it I did yeah, exactly uh, plagiarizing. It's just like yeah, I'm memorizing the definition or what it says in the textbook and writing that yeah. down. No, I I'm just I researched that. it. Yeah. And yeah. and I was a history major in college and the tests are do you're going to get a blue book and then you're going to they're going to be like um, 50 different glossary terms from what you learned or people, you know, so if it's history, it's like, you know, 10 people, 10 amendments or or like um, fucking things that took place in that period of history. And out of that 50, you're going to get 10 um, mm -hmm. that you have to write out what this is. So like the whole concept is memorize all 50. And all right. I would go to the computer lab and just type up notes of all 50 size four font printed out, <laughs> uh, take a scotch taper or scotch tape and then like kind of laminate it with scotch tape. Yeah. And so the ink wouldn't smudge. And then I just pull it out and I'd, like it was bullet points. So I was still forming the paragraph around the bullet points, but I'm like, this is stupid. I'm not going to blanketly remember this. And then I probably remembered that stuff more from doing that than if I just tried to like put it in my brain. But yeah. And I, yeah, I think I spent more time trying to figure out how can I cheat on this test than I would just like just study for this. 100%. <laughs> I did a whole book report in college on a book I didn't read. I just went to Amazon. I've done I, that too. I read all the reviews. I couldn't fucking buy the book. I'm like, you can't. If you're making us read a book, it better be at the bookstore or mass purchase. And then I like t two hours before all the reviews, I just regurgitated them. I did that for my like sophomore year. It was like summer reading was like Catcher in the Rye. And I, I couldn't even tell you one of the characters names at the point that I took this test, but somehow like I just like talked to people beforehand or like the day before, or, like research or whatever the fuck and got through the test. Cause yeah. I could like, that's another thing. I could just bullshit my way through yeah. like a writing portion. <laughs> like if I get a rough outline, I can really just try to make it sound like I'm giving this like too much thought. And it's yeah. like, okay, this is like wrong, but I, I appreciate like, yeah, that's why English and history were there. <laughs> English and history allow for bullshit. Math and science is, is you're right or you're wrong, which I was, I was kind of out on. That's exactly that's, that's dumb. I failed like every science I've ever taken besides like earth science in like seventh grade. But you, everything else, I just... I will say, I wish I was it. better at math. Like, that comes up a lot, especially talking about baseball all the time and numbers, and I'm, I'm fucking yeah. so bad at it. Science <laughs> never, ever yeah. has arisen in my life where I'm like, damn, I wish I remembered science class. It's kind of weird that that's one of the subjects that you, like, need. It's, like, one of the prerequisites for life, in a sense. It's, like, no one uses it. Like, no this one. is very niche. Like, this is a specific part of people, like, portion of people that use this information, but we're choosing to treat it like one of the main subjects that we need to know. Like that's, I yeah. don't know why. Probably should end at like, you know, freshman year science. I think that's where you get off like the need to know shit. Like how does the sun work or how does like blanketed yeah, dude. stuff the work? Planets and that's it. Like that's yeah. enough with the chemistry. Like, Even the planets, I kind of like have never 
cared about. I couldn't name all of them right now. I've just been so out on it. Well, anyway, yeah, we want to. I want to talk to you about. Um, you also, I heard you say that you, you think this was two years ago. You did uh, a podcast. I was listening. And you said that you still are always worried that it's going to end. You know, like this platform's mm-hmm. going to end or that platform's going to end, and because of that, have like purposely spread yourself pretty wide. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. On platforms, new platforms, um, multiple channels and all that. When you mm-hmm. when you started, did, were you just doing that strategically then? Because that's the same for us is when I started, I, I did Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. And we, I did them all at the same time. And what happened was I built these like uh, factions of audiences that didn't know we were big somewhere else. But right. that was like actually super helpful. Was it just by design because you were throwing everything out there? Or were you that instinctual to spread yourself I mean, wide? I would not say that it was instinctual or even... I don't think it was a... Yeah, I don't think it was instinctual. I think that when I was younger, I it was it was kind of like the wild west because there was no one was really doing it at all. So I didn't really know, you know, what the payoff would be. I didn't know that it would be a job or whatever. You know, I I enjoyed social media. It was like pretty new. Um, like no one really used it. None of my friends had any sort of social media platforms. Like actually, and like still to this day, they don't really like utilize them that much. Um, definitely not in this way. But back then, I think the reason why I kind of made sure that I was on every platform was just because I thought it was interesting. Like it was just fun to do. And then once I started making videos, I was like, well, if I have an audience here or not that I, I wasn't even thinking of it. Like if I build an audience here, it was like, I just, I already have this thing because I thought it was fun. So I'll just put it in front of more people. But I wasn't thinking about anything like fucking Tumblr or Twitter thinking about like, Oh, you could build an audience here and then leverage that into more viewers. I was just like, I have this thing already where there's people. So I might as well just kind of post it here and anywhere where I was getting any sort of feedback or people just acknowledging the fact that I had put something out that I worked on, I was like going to continue to do that. And that's why there was like these weird little apps and shit that I would be using. Even if it didn't last long, I remember there were some like, video app i forget the fucking name of it but i used it for maybe like a month and a half and like i was making videos on there and then i was like all right this is fucking stupid like i'm not gonna do that but it's just like i i just had an interest in finding out what social media was and i think instinctually the only thing that i think i'll take credit for is i thought that these things would be impactful because it was like addicting so i was like people are going to live on this shit eventually um but I didn't think that I was going to make a career out of this at all. I just wanted more people to see the shit that I was making at that time. Do you find your audience is different, different places, like angry or certain places? Cause. Yeah, I think (laughs) it's funny because once, uh, especially during like 2016, 
during that election, uh, I, that's when I started to notice that there was such a divide, like not a divide, but like there was two different sides to this audience, you know, where on YouTube or Instagram, it was more like left leaning. And then on Facebook, people really enjoyed the fact that they were like, Joe just says whatever the fuck he wants. And he just like, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, I don't feel like I don't do that, but like, you know, whatever. Um, but I, I guess there were certain, I did other than that, I don't really think so. Like, especially now, like I, the audience kind of seems the same. Um, but I've honestly tried to interact with it less or to pay attention to it less. And I felt, I feel like that has been helpful for me because in the past when I was younger, I felt more uh, like the audience was dictating the direction that I was going. And then eventually that got me to the point where I didn't want to do it anymore because I felt like I got too far from where I wanted to be. So I just try not to pay too much attention uh, to what people are saying or what they want. Like I don't really see people asking for anything, to be honest, at this point. Um, and people just seem to be enjoying, you know, everything, but I try not to pay attention to that stuff so that I could just do something. And if people like it, then they like it. If they don't, then I'll know because I could just see numbers and then I can dive into the reason why. But at, at the moment, I feel like that's been helping me kind of like grow in the past like year or 18 months. Um, because I've just been like, all right, let's just do what feels natural and not think about anything else. I had to start not reading comments on, on certain, either certain like properties we have or, um, which is the talking baseball YouTube. Cause that's like our only, you know, how sometimes the YouTube podcasts become like the people that watch it and comment it become the people that shit on you the most. Like if you look at right, any yeah. of the real big ones, because it's a national show, we kind of got that. And I always say this, and then people are like, dude, stop letting him. Like, it didn't really affect me. It just wasn't fun to look at. Whereas right. all of our other communities are still, like, super fun. Like, I, if we post a silly video, the comment section will add more jokes to what we were doing. Or point out mm -hmm. something that I didn't even realize, like, might have been funny. So I still, like, very much enjoyed everywhere else. But... Instagram in the sports world, I was out so quick and I don't read any comment on Instagram ever. Yeah. It's the most uh, punch and run platform because it's not really there to have like a response back and forth. It's so confusing and hard to follow if you do. We're like Twitter. That's kind of what you're doing. You're talking to someone right. and YouTube. I guess I don't know. Most places YouTube's for us, but Instagram for us, like it's Man, it's 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 hard to post something about college girls softball and and it's not the top four comments are just like sexist as shit. And I was talking to our team, I was like, get those out of here. I don't I don't care yeah. if we have to delete them or not. I don't want them to have our spotlight. It sucks. And I, I've never been like hurt by comments. And honestly, throughout my career, there hasn't been a lot of that. To be honest, I've never got not that I've never gotten it, but there, there was never a time where I was overwhelmed by negative feedback or anything like that. But there was a time where strategically, because I know how commenters are. And when you talked about the punch and run, like Instagram and YouTube are those types of places because those pl those people, when they're commenting, they're not expecting a response. Yeah. Twitter, you can have a conversation and people are almost expecting that. Like there is a chance, but no one has a full-blown conversation through YouTube comments or through Instagram. So it's like, I could say whatever, because it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. Like someone will read it, but they're not going to answer me. We're not going to, I don't have to deal with any sort of, you know, repercussions for what the fuck I'm about to say. Um, so I think that's why like those two 
platforms are like that and why people are like that. But the point that I was getting to is that I, I used to post videos uh, on Facebook, like organically, like with their video player or whatever. And sometimes if like, I would only pay attention to the comments for the first like 10 minutes. Um, and at that time, uh, I would post every single video nine o'clock on a Tuesday. So when I posted it, people were like ready for it. So there'd be a lot of initial comments. If there was comments that were, uh, just like not like it's not criticism. It's just like negative for the sake of being negative. I would delete those because I think that a lot of people digest content, especially now by watching the video, but also checking the comments. So like when you, if you read the first two comments and they have an opinion that's oh, aligned, yeah. you're looking at the content in that way. Yeah. So if, I was like, this isn't even fair yet. Cause you haven't even gotten through the video yet. You know, <laughs> to have this opinion or whatever. So I, I just, I remember for a little while I would get rid of those comments just to give everyone like a blind slate, like a clean slate in watching the video and then interpreting it or whatever the fuck they want. I, I'm fine with putting out a shitty video, but I'm not fine with people having an opinion before they watch it because of these two comments from people who are fucking just trolls. And then, and then altering the view. Cause we live in a, uh, a tell me how to feel society. So, so many exactly. people go down to the first couple comments and that's going to, they're going to naturally skew like, yeah, wait, maybe that is true. And then maybe the next right. comment is countering that. And they're like, oh wait, man. And I, you know, I do that too. And then I hate that. I find myself like shit. Doing that but yeah the yeah yeah i usually if we post a video i'll i'll go to especially on the main youtube i'll the first like hour because those are people that have notifications on and like are super supporting and mm-hmm. want to be there so like i actually like love when the whole crew is like first 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 because like well you don't have anything to say but you're you're helping engagement and you got notifications on so like a fucking you're awesome so right. sometimes i'll go engage with them quickly but other but other than that even on twitter i used to not mute or block anyone but and it's a little different because we're in the sports world. So you're dealing with like, it's not even about the content. They just want to shit talk because of like teams and sports. stuff and sports. And yeah, I'm, exactly. And I'm like, this is, I don't want to do this. Even if you think you were being like friendly, like it's just kind of exhausting energy to like. Uh, not only that, but you guys are like Yankee dudes and no one likes the fucking Yankees. So already it's like in the sports world, it's like, fuck these guys. Are you a Mets fan <laughs> or do you not really... No, I like the Yankees. Oh, okay. The Mets, yesterday, Yankees beat the Mets, and I just said, like, I like that game. And it, 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 this didn't bother me, so I'm not, like, whining, but it was just all the Mets fans' response. So many was like, Scherzer sucks. Like, stop bragging. I'm like, that's such weird fandom. You guys have, Yeah, yeah. We can't. I wasn't even really bragging, but whatever. Um, you have, how many YouTube channels do you have? Four? Five? Uh, probably. The main one, know. basement. Is the main one, basement yard, other people's lives, standing out studios. Uh, I think five, four. I think four. What order did they get developed in? Like, when did you start? What was your? What was the first second channel? Because your main channel was the main channel. Yeah, I, well, I had an original channel that eventually got like demonetized, so I had to start a new one. Uh, like immediately, like I applied to getting paid from Google AdSense and then uh, they flagged it for something that I still don't know what it was to this day. So I had to start over when I hit like, I think like 250,000 subscribers or something like that. And then I started a new channel. 
And then, so that was technically the first one. And then from there, I think at that time, you know, this is before vlogging was like super popular, but like it was a thing. So I was like, oh, I'm going to start a second channel while I'll do that. Um, That's actually kind of how I started. I was doing like vlog type of videos before I was doing these videos where I was like talking to the camera and that quickly didn't happen. But like, and then I started a second channel. I changed the name of that channel 1,000 times, um, but that ultimately now is the San Agato Studios channel. So I kept changing it to the point where now it's that's what that is. And then I had separate channels for uh, the Basement Yard and for uh, other people's lives, which is another podcast that I did. But then you have, well, so the San Agato Studios is, that's the, it's got 710,000? Yeah. And then Joe San Agato has 2.4 million? Yeah. Well, when was the big climb on that one? Um, that one, I'm not sure like of timing, but I do know that like I was doing that for a, for a while, um, years and it was like slowly progressing and everything was sort of growing at the same time. And I remember, uh, at that time I had kind of dipped my toe into like the YouTuber fucking community, which I hated. Uh, and I was quickly out of that, but I remember a lot of people thought that I was like buying views because my ratio from subscribers to views was pretty similar. And that just wasn't the case for everyone. Like people who had 500,000 subscribers would get like, you know, a hundred thousand yeah. views or something or less than that. And that was considered like a good ratio, but I had like 300 and I was getting like 350 on videos and they're like, how the fuck is this possible? And just because I think I was posting on a bunch of different platforms, um, and also everyone just fucking sucked by back then. So like it was, I was like, yeah, it's fucking you suck. That's why. And, like people would just always do these collaborations where it would be like, you know, you have a million subscribers, this person has six hundred thousand, and then it's they would make two videos and be like, go watch it on this person. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It'd be, there'd be a lot of crossover. And it would just be empty subscribers because it would just be like, I'm not even a fan of this person. I'm just doing this because my the person I like told me to be here, but I'm not really watching it. And I never collaborated with anybody, uh, you know, when I was coming up at all. But to answer your question, the I would say that there was a time, I don't remember the years, but once I started, I left, I worked at uh, Elite Daily. And then once I left there, they were doing really well on Facebook and the videos were doing extremely well, getting a lot of views and a lot of shares. Because at that time, I think Facebook was just sort of ramping up their video um, feature. So they were like, they had more incentive to put those at the top of people's feeds. Yeah. So I think that I just like was, I came in at a good time. So I was uploading, I started uploading my videos on Tuesday on YouTube when I would do that. But then on Wednesday, and then I would put the link out on my Facebook page. And then on Wednesday, I would do the organic upload at the same time the next day. And those would get shared a lot. And I would have... And I would uh, make an edit where I would have like youtube.com slash Joe Sanagato like always on the screen in the upper right-hand corner um, so that people could find if they wanted to subscribe or whatever. And then a couple of my videos uh, after a while had did really well. Uh, one of them called like Idiots of the Internet. That was like the first video that went like super viral for me. Um, and from there, everything was sort of like growing. And then I was just continuing to do it every single week. And then it was like a pro- progressive, like sort of built, but there was a, a span of uh, maybe like eight months where I had gained like 800,000 likes in a, in like fucking 
what I say eight months or something, it may have been more than that, but like on the Facebook page. So that's when it really kind of like exploded. Um, and at that point I had, I think I had already started doing the basement yard, like for fun. And I remember at the time thinking like, if I could just make a thousand dollars a month from doing this, I'm adding 12 grand to my bottom line here. Yeah. And that sounds amazing. You know? So, uh, yeah. So that's, that's kind of what I, I, I'm not sure. But I'm, I want to say around like 2016, maybe that is when that happened. Do you have, I mean, it seems like by going through them and watching the videos on it, it seems like there's a clear vision or, or, or tone of each channel, like, you know, uh, the main channel or is, is you presenting and talking <laughs> to the camera. San Diego studios is, is skits and, and fun. And there's a cast of characters. How much, what's the, what's the priority of like release? You know, is or do you need one out each week on this and two out each week? Or do you have a very strict schedule of release across the four channels? Yeah, we, everything is, is the same. So the only show that's not uh, weekly is other people's lives. And it's because we kind of rely on guests. So we have to curate guests through our email. So we don't, it, oh, actually, it's very rare that we will go out and try to find someone to be on the show. Um, that's very rare. But for the most part, we get a lot of emails every single day from people who have interesting stories. And we rely on the guests to be good. And like, there's a lot of things that could go wrong. Sometimes you get on the phone with people, the interview doesn't go as well as we think. Or, uh, you know, the audio's fucked up or, you know, it cuts in and out or something like that. And we just can't use the episode. And to avoid not being able to put out... Um, a video that week or to just kind of uphold the integrity of the show we do seasons so we do i believe it's 12 weeks on six weeks off and then we just continuously do that um but for everything else uh actually no so we just sorry basement yard is every single week but we record twice we do an extra episode on patreon every single week as well so we record twice a week for that uh San Diego studios is every single wednesday um and then we just started doing, I just started utilizing my main YouTube channel again, uh, cause I didn't post on that for years. Um, and that is a bi-weekly show now. So yeah. that's everything I believe. Was that, you didn't know what to do on that channel? Cause it's got 2 million subscribers where yeah. you're just like, I don't know what they're here for, what they subscribe for. Or, or did you feel like you didn't want to do what you thought they wanted? What was the hiatus? Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Um, the hiatus, I think, just kind of came from, you know, I, I, I suddenly, it was very easy to see like the the contrast between doing a podcast and then doing those videos, where it's like, okay, I know I am a character here, like I'm. This is a very exaggerated version of who I am, and I was, I did those videos every single Tuesday for years, like I, I don't even know, like six years or something, and then. I just kind of got to the point where I, I just didn't feel like it was fulfilling, nor did I think it was funny anymore. And people loved it, you know, and uh, they wanted the same things like the idiots, the internet thing, like it worked so well. And then there was other uh, series that like, that were like a staple on that channel that did so well. 
So I would just continuously do those, like different versions of them, but it'd be like Idiots of the Internet, part, part nine. Yeah. People of Walmart, part 11. Like it was just like these, these series. And I just felt like this is such a lazy way to fucking go about this and to have like a career or like whatever. And also it, it, it was not escaping me that this isn't sustainable. Like I'm not going to be able to do this forever. So don't be lazy, like find the thing that's going to, you know, you could actually make something of this. And I was doing the podcast and I, I liked the podcast because it was longer format. I didn't have to be on every second of the thing. Uh, Like everything has a purpose in what I say, but, um, I just didn't enjoy it anymore. I didn't think it was funny and I just kind of stopped doing it. And it was hard for me to kind of go back during the pandemic. I went back a little bit and I did like five or six videos and then I was like, eh, I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> uh, but now, you know, we had, you know, a lot of talks, me and my, my partner now, uh, we had a lot of talks about like how to util- utilize that channel and, you know, a way to kind of bring that back. Because I also do want that um, individuality as far as, uh, you know, an entertainer, because for everything now, there's like groups, you know, and like the basement yard is like the biggest thing. And uh, I've always just had like a co-host. You know, but like, what, how do I exist by myself in this world? And like, this is how I started. Um, and then for the last like four years, it's been like, I've been attached to someone uh, essentially. So how do you kind of not fuck that up, obviously, but like uh, define yourself as an individual in this entire thing as well? Because I do like it. It is fun to do all this shit, um, but just not being dictated going back to what we were saying before being dictated by the comments and what people want because all people want is this and it still happens to this day i haven't made those videos in four years but people will still comment like yo you should make another idiot to the internet video and it's like this is like i don't even know that it would be funny now yeah you know like looking back i still don't understand why this did so well um so it's hard for me to just do it because it would do well you know like there's nothing that i've ever done that it's like this will work. Like, I don't care if it'll work. Like I need to want to do it. I need to like believe in it in some regard. And that thing I just never really did. Those comments sometimes they'll be said in like a mean tone. And I always have to remind myself like at the end of this, they want more of my content. So it's good. But they'll be like, do a fucking breakdown on this. You pussy. I'm like, Oh shit. That's a really weird way to ask me to (laughs) make content for you. I was like, like, take out that last part in real time. I used to hate, it still kind of kills me when I spend a day on a video, you know, and, and I'm just putting like all this effort into creatively making this breakdown and doing the voiceover and all this. And I post it and the first couple comments or like the top four of the comments are like, do this one. And I'm like, ah, oh, shit, man. Can you just talk about this yeah. one for a second? Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. But, but then in the end, he's like, hey, dude, people want more of what you're doing. So that's a good thing shut up yeah like have that like inner monologue with myself or dialogue all the time it's also it's also one of those things too and this is you know going back to you know this thing that we keep talking about about the comments or whatever it's you picked that video for a reason you know and you're the one who's in the position that you're in and this isn't meant to be like you know you're the smart one they're the dumb one but at the end of the day this is your thing yeah and you're choosing this video so like i think people need to just trust that you know what you're doing, you know? And like, especially after all these years and all the success that you guys have had, it's like, this is the video that I chose to do for a specific reason. Yeah, There are other videos out there, but like, this is the one that I'm choosing to do. And that's rooted in something. And it's rooted in 
more than what the viewer would have. And of course, consumers want everything to be done and their favorite thing, whatever. But it's like, you just have to trust yourself. Yeah, yeah there's you know? a reason like, why this to, one got me excited. Like there's some really weird exactly. little thing in here that I wanted to do. When um, when you make uh, the all the skits and the and the different, um, you know, we were my brother passed around the sp- the latest spoken word a ton. He was dying laughing and shared it with everyone. But so, but on that channel, when you're yeah. doing multiple different formats, when you're coming up with ideas or when you're reviewing how an idea did, are you do you have the algorithm in mind for YouTube? Do you try to crack it at all? Because a lot of what me and Maddie talk about on this show has been trying to crack the algorithm that each channel of ours has like been pigeonholed into and then trying mm-hmm. to change it uh, or trying to, okay, that's what they like that. Let's feed that to them. But in a way that we enjoy the creative or do you, are you totally like, I'm just going to make what I want to make. There's so now it's a little different because now, uh, you know, for the Santa Claus Studios channel specifically, like I, I don't really have um, I have input, but not too much input on like exactly what the videos are going to be. There's two people um, that kind of work on that. Um, my buddy Greg and, and uh, this kid Ant, and, and they kind of come up with the ideas for that and then they're pitched to me and then I say, okay, that sounds cool. And then we kind of like cast it with one, which one of our friends or whoever we want to be in the video. Um, maybe they have more of an approach where it's like, we have to think about the algorithm. I have always been a little more, and I'm not saying this is correct or the best way to do it, but I've always just kind of felt like if it's good, it will find an audience, you know, and if it, if it doesn't because of an algorithm, then eventually when we do find an audience, people will go back and they will find this. And I, I, that did happen, you know, at a certain point for the basement yard when, as soon as I started doing video, cause I did just audio for so long. And then once I started doing uh, video clips, like, cause I wasn't even putting out full episodes on YouTube. This was before everyone was doing that also. And then, I was putting clips on the internet and then people would go back and they listen to every fucking episode. Like I could see all the audio listens going like up like crazy. Um, Like we were doing like fucking 2 million total listens in a week at one point back in like fucking whatever that was like 2017 or something. Like it was like going crazy. Um, So I've always just been like a proponent of like, just, just make it good. And like, if it doesn't reflect in the, in the views, it's okay. You just have to keep going. And like that, that's sort of happened with this show now that we've just started back up on the main channel that we just talked about. Um, Some videos we've spent so much time and structure about, we just had a meeting about this actually recently. And I was like, I can look because we were like, okay, look at the videos that we've made so far for the channel. Like, which ones do you think can go? And the ones that can go are just don't match up with the like they don't fit in with the theme that we've kind of like went with. And and right now we're throwing shit against the wall basically. Um, but there are videos that I think are good and like we spent time on, and I think they're there. It's a good piece of content so that if someone goes back and they actually take the time to watch that video maybe it doesn't have the catchiest thumbnail it didn't hit the algorithm right or it was age restricted for a couple days or whatever the fuck like so it the views don't reflect that but if someone clicks on it and watches it it's like this is good and like that's all i can care about because you i have to care about 
the whole thing as like a profile. I can't care about a single video. Yeah, we uh, that's how like it, we were for so long. And then as we tried to build different lanes, like what we're doing in the warehouse and and um, new channels and all that, we just kind of started diving in deeper and ran into some like almost feels like hard truths about um, letting the YouTube algorithm help you. Like we we dissected for like in the first 12 hours, how many impressions does it have? Because that those simply come from YouTube. Like, are they putting this on other people's feeds and shit? And we we found a direct correlation to length. Now, a lot of your guys' videos are in the same range. But we had mm-hmm. games that were like 20 minutes versus 50 minutes versus 15 minutes. It was all over the place. We were like, which ones are getting as YouTube sharing before they could even watch the 40 minutes, you know, like they're just sending it out. And it was, it came back that there was a fucking cliff after 35 minutes, was it? Or 25 minutes. And if it was less than 25 minutes, didn't get promoted or shared at all. And if it was more, it got promoted and shared a ton. And if it was 40 and more, it got promoted and shared for 90 days. Like they just kept wow. keeping it out there. Cause I'm guessing more ads and our watch time on that channel is crazy. It's like 50, 40% right now on videos that are nice. 40 minutes long. So, so we did a whole tournament and they're all 20 minutes. And when we, we had it done before we found that out, we we're like, fuck, this is going to suck. And it did. It's our worst, like content wise, we thought it was amazing, but no one saw it. It got no new viewers. Only people that already knew of us watched it. Mm-hmm. The next one, we did all 40 minutes and we got all new viewers and it worked. So I was like, damn, okay, maybe we, as long as it doesn't hinder the creative and like we still like feel great about it, we've tried yeah. to like figure it out. But yeah, I, I, and it really depends. I mean, you guys are in a different position than I am. I mean, you guys, there's like a ton of people. You guys are a big company. A lot of people like there's a lot riding on this. You yeah. Know? So it's like pressure. you have to make certain sacrifices. So like, but I, I don't, I have the luxury of not having to do that because I keep it very lean. Yeah. And uh you know i don't have any like funding or anything like that or people being like fucking so what's the deal uh so i feel like in a way i feel like this just needs to be good because in the same way you're saying like this video we thought it was great content but it didn't get pushed out to anyone no playlists or anything like that but the next video brought in a ton of new viewers i'm thinking about this next video like i know there's always gonna be this next one yeah yeah, where it's like we will get it back yep and if they go back and watch the good thing, then they're going to be like, this is fucking great. Now we're making someone who's going to stay around because the things are so, like, everything is, you know, the same way. But if I have to sack, and not saying you guys are doing this, but if I have to sacrifice uh, some creative or whatever to make something that I'm not super proud of just to appease an algorithm, uh, to bring in new viewers to, for whatever, whatever the fuck. Now I'm, I'm jeopardizing the integrity of the entire thing. Yeah, you know, and like that—that's what I think. People make that mistake, and then it ends up not fucking working out for them. People make um, that mistake a lot, and like we talk to people that are like, you know, they feel like guilty about it. For for us, it's, yeah. it's like, hey, let's when we start new channels. Now that we know this kind of like, let's not pigeonhole ourselves into a bad spot. And and for mm-hmm. the warehouse, being that forty minutes works better than twenty was is awesome for us. It's less editing, it's right? Like longer, so that was actually wonderful to find out. Yeah, that's like best case scenario. You're like, we don't have to shoot any differently. We have to edit differently. Yes. Totally fine. Yeah. And then like, just like uh, not having videos come out the same day. We tested a ton of like, let's put one out a day, but then they smother each other. You need 
gaps yeah. and all that. So, and then I think Maddie and I are kind of like sickos where we just like like trying to break or, or tackle it, even if like we don't really fully need to. Um, yeah, because the breakdown videos that initially you know started this all and went crazy, they they were just kind of perfect for what YouTube wanted to promote, and I didn't know mm-hmm. that was just happy accident. We're trying to do other stuff. I'm like, why isn't this getting the same? I feel like that's a lot of it too. Like I think about, you know, uh, this is something I kind of talk about a lot with people when they, you know, want to talk about advice or whatever. And there's a lot of like companies and shit that me and my partner, Greg talk to all the time too. And uh, one of the things we say is like the planning, all the planning and all the research and all the whatever, like it's, it's all essentially for nothing. Cause you can plan and research your way into doing nothing. And you just have to like, do shit and try it and a lot of like especially on youtube which and like facebook like these things that you're at the mercy of an algorithm you're never going to figure it out it changes like every fucking two days yeah facebook so it's changed, like once you like, figured it out crazy. it's gone already you yeah. know so it's like it's not going to even matter like year over year um to, to understand the algorithm like if you can figure it out in the time and take advantage of it like that's incredible um but you just have to throw shit against the wall and figure out like what people like watching and then you're like oh okay so oh this makes sense now because once those videos do well then everyone starts making those types of videos so youtube's obviously going to push all that yep. together <clears throat> if you're able to get in early you look like a fucking genius that's exactly what we did as well. Like Jake and I just threw shit at the wall for years. Like we did so, yeah. so much content. And now people ask us to redo old shit. I'm like, oh, dude, we're, we're busy. Like we, that, that kind of <laughs> came and went. But I, I'm a big believer in back catalog. I talked about that all the time as we were growing. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And I would phrase it as, hey, we're going to have these huge spikes, like uh, the Savages in the Box ran from Boone or, or even the Astros cheating scandal. But if we if we have that huge spike of people finding out about us because one thing took off and they don't have a back catalog to go and be like, oh, shit, these guys mm-hmm. have been doing this for years. There's tons. Oh, wow. They're going to keep doing it regularly. Then the spikes are pointless. I was like, I, the goal is to make each spike a plateau. We're like, all right, all these people mm-hmm. came and now we stay at that level. And we did yep. really well early because we were so regimented and had such a back catalog. So I'm a big believer in that. You just got to throw yeah. it out there. That's exactly what I was like talking about where it's like, I know these, these jumps are going to come. This video is going to like do well and it's going to bring in new people. But that video doesn't fucking matter. Like what matters is the rest of your shit. And also when it comes to YouTube, like, you, if you don't have a good back catalog, you won't make money on YouTube because one video, I mean, it's very rare that a video is going to make you like fucking an insane amount of money or whatever the fuck, like, unless it goes like crazy viral. But the way you make a lot of money is like 
people watch a video, then they watch multiple videos on your channel. And that just brings up the overall, like the view count and whatever. And like, now you're, you have 300, 400 videos that are making money at the same time. Whereas someone could just watch a video, then they watch the next one. It sucks. And like, fuck this. Then they're off your channel. They don't even subscribe. They don't think about it anymore. But if it's a back catalog, like you're saying, then it's like, Oh, I'm sticking around. I'm getting all my fucking baseball news from John Boy. You know what I mean? Like, and then, that's what you want ultimately. Yeah. And people want steadiness. Do you, do you guys have any ads or what are the revenue like pillars you have? Cause you don't do many ad reads or am I mistaken? I mean, we do them on the, on the podcast. So like for base, we have four slots that we do, uh, OPL there's two. Um, we've been ever since we started doing, <clears throat> we like brought back the Santa Claus studios, YouTube channel as well. Like two years ago. <clears throat> And I've been, sorry, uh, I've been making an effort to partner with a lot of uh, companies, you know, for that as well. So there is, there's ad revenue. And also for the Beijing Yard, our, our Patreon is like huge for us. Um, so that's another one. Uh, but yeah, there, in, in the past, like I didn't do a lot of, you know, advertising or this and that. And especially even when I was doing really well on YouTube, you know, just as an individual, like there would be big deals that would come in and sometimes I just say no to them because I didn't think that there would be like weird demands that they wanted. And I never wanted to kind of jeopardize the fucking, I you did, know, whatever. I like, did that for so long. Now we're a little too yeah, big yeah. to do that. And that's the difference of, of taking on money of course. and trying to grow it bigger. So other people can do this. We're like, um, talk to Nikki Cass about that sometimes. And, and he's more, you know, he's a single creator and he gets to really funnel in the, you know, because yeah. everyone's coming to him and I'm sure you guys get a lot of inbound where, you know, we survived off inbound for like a long time and now it's like, wait, we need to go get like a big overarching deal. And they're mm. a little different. Not that we've compromised much at all. And we've still said no to some pretty big deals because I'm just like, no, fuck that. I'm not doing that. Like that's not, that changes yeah. who we are like vitally or whatever. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, I mean, it's obvious that we're in different sort of positions. Like you're, you're a company, my company, completely different things. So I, I think that's a natural progression of things anyway. Like when you start to deal with, and it makes sense too, because if, if you're the other company coming in and you want advertising in, through your company, it's like, well, I can't have you doing certain things because yeah. I, we're giving you a ton of fucking money. Yep. So yep. it's like, you know, you have to weigh that against and I mean, we have to do that on a small scale too, where it's like if a company's coming in and they're giving you fucking 50 grand or something, you're like, all right, don't fucking say this or yeah. don't, you know, do certain things or whatever. It's like, yeah, obviously you can't do that. But we love finding companies because we do, it's a lot of inbound, but when we do go out and we try to find companies to work with, uh, finding ones that are just be like fucking say whatever like as long as we're staying within fucking like ftc whatever but like say whatever the fuck you want we don't care if you curse we don't care if you whatever like those are like the best ones for us like yeah. that's it, it makes it more fun to do and it's easier as it doesn't feel as like you know addy you it's, know like uh, that's that's a lot of fun we have uh two that i'll, I'll shout out like seat geek and and shady rays they yeah uh, they don't ask for they're just cool with whatever we do. And I will go above and beyond. Like if I do a breakdown, I'll make sure I put my face in it, wearing the glasses for shady rays. Like I'll go that extra where if 
you know, it's another company. It's like, oh, we're going to need to get review or we're going to need to do this or, you yeah. you know, we're going to fucking count the 60 seconds. And if you're at 59, we're going to email you. It's like, all right, you're getting yeah, 60 yeah. seconds then. And it's not, I, I, it's going to be good, but it's not going to be like, I'm not going 61 seconds. You know what I mean? If you don't let right, me go yeah. 59, you're never getting 61 if that's how you want to do the dance. And that pisses me off. But then there's other companies where I'm like, hey, I'll tell the team, like, guys, these people let us do what we want. They, because they like what we're doing fucking take care of them yeah yeah, yeah. and those are two companies that i you know we do ad for too and sea geek's always been super cool with me i've worked with them since fucking like 2017 probably yeah yeah they're they're great what about the licensing that's the last combo i'll have i won't keep it too long but you guys got into Mm -hmm. you know obviously you have you have board games hot sauce Mm -hmm. how did those happen and then are you getting approached or is that something you and your partner would say hey let's go get into these like licensing and merchandising deals no, so both of those things, we kind of like just uh, came up with the idea and then started pulling on the string about how do we kind of like turn this into an actual thing. Uh, the hot sauce uh, specifically, we um, just, I was, he, my my buddy Greg approached me and he was like, it would be cool if we had a hot sauce because, uh, you know, I thought we're both UFC fans. So like Dustin Poirier had a hot sauce and we're like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like whatever. And this is around the time that him and Connor were fighting. It was like on the table and shit might've been before that, but, uh, he was like, it'd be cool if we had a hot sauce and also the company that curates for hot ones. And, uh, you know, that made the sauce with Poirier is in fucking Brooklyn. And I was like, Oh shit. He's like, yeah, like, let's just email these guys. Cause we both have a background in like the digital space and also like marketing and you know, whatever, like when he, he worked at elite daily with me, he was the content manager there. Uh, and then, so we emailed them and we were like, Hey, we have this sort of background. These are things we're working on. Like we don't really have it. We made it clear that we didn't have an interest in making like Joe Sanagato hot sauce yeah. or some gimmicky shit like that. Like we wanted to make an actual product and like see if we can collaborate Survive. on something that would have a long life and yeah. actually be a thing. So they really like that because I'm sure they get approached by people all the time and they have like fucking access to whatever celebrity. Um, so they, you know, they, they enjoyed that. We went to their uh, office in Brooklyn and we just like sat outside with these dudes and like drank beers and we were just like talking to them. They're like, yeah, we just like want to, and then they were like, yeah. So they like kind of took a chance on it. And then throughout the process, I mean, we made that everything bagel hot sauce and we have, you know, another sauce coming before the end of the year with them. And it's doing extremely well. It's in Walmart. Um, but yeah, those are the, and we kind of like, we reached out to them by like guessing this dude's email, we knew his name and their company name. So we just started putting his name yeah. and the company name, like yeah. .com, like, and eventually one of the emails got through. And uh, yeah, we just took a shot in the dark and then they, you know, after a while we like cared to know. So we like did our due diligence and we're very uh, on top of shit. Like if they had deadlines or whatever, we're like a month ahead on certain things, you know, like we try to be like that. It's sort of the same thing with the board game was, it started as an idea of like, oh, what can we shoot for like the Santa Ana Studios like thing? It'd be cool if we did like a game show or whatever. And then it was like, oh, what if it was like an actual game? And it was so complicated. And then we like we're going through the process, and it's like we need to simplify this. And then it became, you know, what it is. And we started working on that. Um, and then we, you know, the pandemic hits. So we're like, we're not going to start a Kickstarter now. Yeah. Ask people for money. And <laughs> fucking the market's tanking and everyone's inside. But uh, yeah, eventually we launched that, and. Um, yeah. So those are the things that we just kind of like, uh, those will be the things that we continue to do also. That's kind of exactly how me and him work all the time. We'll have ideas for these certain products. And if we can 
if we have the bandwidth to like actually get something done, then we will fill that with something, you know, as with content, we have like, uh, all these things are, are going right now and, and we're doing a good job of, uh, kind of offloading the actual tedious work as far as editing and uploading and, and, you know, whatever. Um, and once we kind of free up time, then we will probably fill it with these sorts of things like these products. Have you guys done, have you guys done live shows or live events or had your audience no, like in a place with you at all? No. So that, that's also something that, uh, we're working on for the end of the year as well. Um, but yeah, so I mean, that, there, I asked there's that a couple be- things also. Yeah. yeah. No, I was just gonna say, there's a couple things also that we're working on for the end of the year, as far as like live shows or live events. Um, but yeah, before the end of this year, we should have, um, stuff like that, like kind of like rolling out either at the end of the year or the early next year. Yeah. I asked that because you talk about the, you know, the Patreon, the Kickstarter, and then having products hit the marketplace. And I'm sure your audience responds and supports. And I was, I was going to ask, you know, uh, what's been the biggest moment or what are the the keystone moments of like realizing the community or the audience and, and like that, like kind of like initial support. And if you had done live events or you will probably be like blown away when you have people come it uh and in person but have you had any big moments where like fuck this is this is wild i mean i have that like every day now especially with like the patreon and like i remember having that moment when we hit ten thousand patrons our viewership wasn't even that high so our like our the ratio between patrons and what we were doing every single week what i was like this is like unheard of like yeah. for this to happen and now you know, we are going to hit 22,000 in the next few days on Patreon, which is fucking crazy. It's insane. And it's, it's like on uh there's a website that kind of like ranks all of them. And I, we're like in the top 20 for like any Patreon, but we're like, I think number 13 uh, for podcasts. And it's like insane. And like our show is in top like 13 or whatever. I mean, maybe it is. I mean, the other day, actually someone sent me a screenshot on Spotify and it was like the, they do the top 100 in the US, like Spotify podcasts, and we were like number six or something. Yeah, you're number one and in, on iTunes a, a lot. I, yeah, I, when I first started the podcast too, I like beat out Joe Rogan for a number one spot, but that's like bullshit because it's like a lot of new people came at a certain time. So it yeah, kind of like, it's, you know, it's like, percent, it's not like you have yeah, a bigger percent, show than percent him, above. Yeah, it's not total downloads. Yeah. Someone uh, wrote that in my Wikipedia. It's like, was number one on iTunes. And I was like, bro, bullshit. <laughs> my Wikipedia used to there. be a picture of me with a swollen cheek because I had a, a root canal that went bad. And then I, I went on the Michael K show. <laughs> and it was just my fat face. And it made me so mad. Our, my audience, they would try to change it for me. And then like Wikipedia would revert back to it. And I was like, this is bullshit. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Someone's fucking with you out there. It also says Jimmy graduated in the middle of his class. Is on an episode of that, in an episode of our history podcast, I, I said no one ever talks about the people that it's always graduated top of his class. Like you know, what about everyone else? I said if I ever get a Wikipedia, yeah. someone make it say graduated middle of his class, and now Dead it says middle that. of his class. Yeah, yeah, which is probably that's amazing. That's probably very true. Yeah, I'm probably right in the middle. That's good. That's where you want to be. The sweet spot. Yeah, you know, I felt so bad for my buddies in high school that like studied and. Like cared about their GPA. I'm like, guys, this is so much. Yeah, I don't even. It's like you're so miserable and you're doing well. It sucks. 
Yeah, it's pretty rough, especially because, especially like at that point, it was like, what is this? Well, I don't know. It's such a crazy concept to me. Not to go on a whole other tangent, but to like ask like a seventeen year old, sixteen, seventeen year old, like, what do you want to do with the rest of your life? Like, what an insane question. Yeah, I would even ask a twenty-one year old that. I, like, I would always just say know. a teacher, but I didn't want to be a teacher. But I was like, I just say something, teacher. Yeah, I'm like fucking fireman. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why I'm here. If I want to be a fireman, by the way, so, cool. so I don't. I don't need to be here. Well, thanks for uh, chatting. It was good. It's, uh, people have been tuning in. They love the behind the scenes of everything that goes into like organizing and building and attacking. We didn't even talk about the short form and how much you guys crush it there. But that's been huge TikTok and, and YouTube shorts. But that'll yeah, be Yeah, TikTok is doing well. Yeah. Yeah. We have, we have some big fans. When you guys came out of the office, I, I don't know if you could tell. Maybe you could, but we sniff it out. But we had some we have some big fans of you guys here. I appreciate that, man. I, I you know, it's it's fucking crazy, especially these days. Like for for and there's been moments in my career where there's there's been like pretty significant growth, but I would say the one that you know we're in right now is probably the biggest one. Um, cause it's been like the most consistent, like for the last year, almost it's kind of just been like this and, you know, we're trying to capitalize on certain ways. And that's why we feel like now is like the time for live events, live shows. Yeah. You guys and, will crush you know, live products events. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. don't, you don't do the YouTube community. I was, you know, I was like, Hey, for how big no. he is and been around for a while, I, I thought you'd, you know, I don't see you on all the, the collabs like you talked about, which, which yeah. I also, we have people that are like, you should do this. You should. Like, I don't want to do that. It's just, like... it's, it's funny because like, okay. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Kevin Clancy. Yeah. From uh, Barcel. I, I did his, his, I was talking to him once or I did one of his shows or something. And he was like, you're like the most under the radar yeah. fucking person with all these followers. It's like, it's like the weirdest thing in the world, <laughs> but I kind of prefer that. Like it's, it's nice. Like I, you know, I, I don't think anyone looks at me as like, this guy is fucking blah, 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 but we do well. And like, everything's, I have a lot of fun doing the shit. But yeah. It's close to the vest. I'm probably easier to maintain you and not get hundred percent out into, you know, muddied waters of one of the same. Cause there's about a hundred out there that are all the same. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks man. I appreciate it coming on and chatting with us. Thanks for watching. Subscribe, like, watch, comment, all that stuff. See you later. Bye.